If you have your Bibles this morning, I want you, if you would, to please just follow along with me uh, in Daniel chapter 1 as we talk about standing out. And in Daniel chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. So Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, comes to Jerusalem, which is the capital city of Judah, and he besieges Jerusalem. Now listen, this was not necessarily a surprise to them. God had sent prophet after prophet after prophet for decades to warn these rulers of Judah that if they continued in their idolatry and if they continued in their immorality and if they continued in their injustice toward the poor and the needy, then their nation would come to a ruin. And let me just say to you this morning that we here in the United States of America, this is a great nation, and I'm proud of this nation, and I'm proud to be a part of this nation. And I am thankful for the men and the women who have fought to protect and for the freedom of this nation. I am. And I will stand in honor of you any day of the week. I really will. But if we're not careful here in the United States of America, the same thing that has caused the downfall of kingdoms previous will be the downfall of this nation. That is our idolatry, our immorality, and also our injustice. And because of these three things, we see that God allowed Babylon to come in and besiege Jerusalem and to take some of its people into captivity. Verse 2 says that the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into Nebuchadnezzar's hand. Now I think it's important that you recognize there that Nebuchadnezzar did not just come in and take control of Jehoiakim the king, did not forcefully take him into captivity. The Bible says the Lord delivered Jehoiakim into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar. Big difference there. When God delivers you over to a nation because of your sin, your idolatry, your immorality, your injustice, then it's different than just someone coming and taking it by force. And so it says that the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put in the treasure house of his God. So they're taken to Babylon. Babylon in scripture is a picture of the world, the systems of the world, the culture of the world. And so he takes the treasures from the house of God and puts them into the treasure house of his God. And then verse 3, continue with me in Daniel 1. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. And, and let me share with you the kind of kids he was looking for, the kind of people he was looking for. In verse 4 he said, Young men without any physical defect, handsome showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified 
to serve in the king's palace. Now, again, if we are not careful, we look at those attributes and we think that this is what made Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel stand out. But this is not necessarily what caused them to stand out. It may be what caused them to stand out to the world or to Babylon, but it's not what caused them to stand out to God. And that's what we want to know this morning. When it comes to standing out, what do we want standing out to look like? Now, for the nation of Israel, God had spoken to them through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 42. And he said, I have called you to be a light to the Gentiles. What is it that God has called us to be to our world today? He has called us to be light in a dark world. But the nation of Israel, instead of being a light to the Gentiles, became like the Gentiles and began to worship the false gods of the Gentiles. And again, because of that, God allowed them, delivered them into the hand of Babylon. And then it says this, it says that among those that were taken captive, those that were without physical defect, those that were handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning and so forth. In verse 6, it says, Among those who were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Now, we are looking at their Jewish names, the names that were given to them by their parents. And every one of those names had something to do with the meaning or with the activity of God. But what does Nebuchadnezzar do? Nebuchadnezzar wants to change their names. And he does so. And for Daniel, he gives him the name Belteshazzar. And for Hananiah, he gives the name Shadrach. For Mishael, he gives the name Meshach. And for the name Ezariah, he gives the name Abednego. And so he takes from them their God-given names their God-given identity and gives to them names that identify them with Babylon, that identify them with the world. And may I tell you this morning, the enemy is still doing the same thing. He's trying to steal the identity of our kids. Amen. He's trying to steal the purpose and the calling of our kids and trying to brainwash and reprogram them, and not just our kids, for all of us, the Babylonian way. And that's exactly what he does here with Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Not only does he give them new names, but they're going to have to learn new customs. They're going to have to learn new ideas. They're going to have to learn a new language. And they were going to have to begin to eat a new diet. Now for Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego... The new names was not a violation of God's law. The, the new customs necessarily were not a violation of the law of God. The, the, the new ideas and the new language. But where they drew the line was with the diet that the king expected them to eat. And the diet that he inspected them to eat was food that had been sacrificed to idols. And not only that, but food that the law had already deemed unclean. 
And so Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego says, here's where we draw the line, right here, because we're not going to do anything that violates the law of God. We're not going to do anything that is contrary to the word of God. Give us your names and we'll learn your customs and we'll learn your languages. And and let me just tell you something, that's not a bad thing. Here's what the enemy thinks. The enemy thinks that he's taken Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego captive. But what he doesn't know is that God has planted them in the kingdom of Babylon for such a time as this. Amen. God had his purpose for having them there because you see, every one of us in this building here this morning, we are either conformers or we are transformers. And we will either be conformed to this world, and Paul tells us do not be conformed to this world, but he said be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we are either conformers or we are transformers. We either conform to the culture around us or we transform our culture for the glory of God. And let me tell you something about Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were not conformers. Even though they were taken away from Jerusalem, even though they were taken away from Judah, which, by the way, they were from the tribe of Judah, which is the tribe of praise, and even though they were taken away from their God-fearing, God-reverencing homes and thrust into the culture of Babylon, they did not allow Babylon to conform them to the ways and the customs and the manners of Babylon. But here's what God would use these young men to do. He would use these young men to transform Babylon for the glory of God. Isn't that awesome? He would use them to be light in darkness. And so notice what happens now in verse 9. It says, but Daniel resolved, and along with him, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, verse 8, but Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself. So notice, he's drawn the line, and he says, nope, Not going to eat food that's been sacrificed to idols. And not only that, but there are certain foods that God has commanded us that we cannot eat because if we eat them, it will make us unclean before God. And so we're not going to do that. But I want you to notice how they handled this situation. The first thing that they did is they gave themselves wholly to the Lord. And the second thing that they did is they were gracious to those who were in authority. They didn't stage some kind of a protest... They didn't threaten anybody. They didn't burn down buildings. But they treated those in authority graciously. And notice what Daniel said. He asked for permission not to defile himself this way. And then verse 9 says, now God, and I love this. Now God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. Oh, don't you love the favor of God? The favor of God. There's a passage of scripture in Proverbs chapter 16 verse 7 that says this. It says that when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. 
when a man or when a woman's ways please the Lord, God makes even our enemies to be at peace with us. So even in Babylon, even in the world, surrounded by the culture of the world, surrounded by those who are anti-everything that we stand for, God can give us favor and compassion even in those kinds of environments. And then notice what it says in Daniel chapter 1 verse 12. Because the servant's a little bit concerned. He said, now listen, he said, if I don't feed you guys this food and y'all start looking all skinny and wimpy and weak, he said, then the king is going to take that out on me. And so here's what Daniel said to him. He said, please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. You want to know what a Daniel fast is? This is a Daniel fast. Ten days of nothing but water and vegetables. And then he said this. He said, then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in, according, or in accordance with what you see. And so the servant agreed and treated them that way for ten days. And I love this. That at the end... Of 10 days, they looked healthier and better, that is better nourished, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal fruit. food. And I don't have the scripture up here on the screen, but here's what it said. That after this, the official went back and all the other young men that were on the royal food, he took them off the royal food and put them on the Daniel fast of nothing but water and vegetables how do you think they felt at that moment when they found out they're going to lose that big old spread and all they're going to get now is water and vegetables that's what he does but notice as we go into the next passage of scripture there verse 19 or, or I'm sorry verse 15 at the end of the 10 days they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food and then it says this it says in verse 18 at, at the end of the time Set by the king to bring them into his service. The chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. And the king talked with them. And notice what it says. He found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. And then verse 20 says, In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in the whole kingdom. They stood out for God. They said, and it wasn't their handsomeness, it wasn't their education, it wasn't all of that that caused them to stand out, but what caused them to stand out was their life of purity and their life of righteousness and being light in a dark world because they said, we are not going to defile ourselves by doing something that is contrary to what God's Word says. And if you want to know how God wants us to stand in this day and age in which you and I live right now, he wants us to stand out for his glory. And the way that we can stand out for his glory is to be light in a dark word, world. It, it, it is to, 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 to have the character of Christ so developed on the inside of us that we reflect the character of Christ to this world. That, that we put forth an image of righteousness and purity and holiness. And then when that is tested, that we say, no, I'm not going to give in to the ways of this world. No, I'm not 
not going to give in to the temptations of this world, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to continue to stay faithful to God, and I'm going to continue to stay faithful to the Word of God. And when you stand out for God like that, God will stand up for you. Somebody say amen. Amen. But not only does he want us to stand out, he wants us to stand firm. Daniel chapter 3. <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar constructs an image 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide. And he says when the music begins to play, everybody's supposed to bow and worship the image. Notice what it says now in verse 4. It says, then a herald cried aloud. Now, I hope you like scripture because I can't tell this story better than the scriptures already told it. And like I said, we don't have to try to make the word of God come alive. It's already alive. It's active. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And it can speak to us. But in verse 4 it says, Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down. Now look at this. Not just fall down. But you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. That was the decree. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew when the music begins to play, you are supposed to bow to that golden image. And not only bow, you are to worship that image. Well, we know the story. Most of us here this morning, the music began to play. Everybody bowed except for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood when everybody else was bowing. Stood when everybody else was bending and worshiping a false god. And of course, some of the servants come to Nebuchadnezzar and said, Well, everybody bowed except those three Jewish boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so Nebuchadnezzar begins to try to negotiate with them. Look at verse 15. He said, now if you're ready at the time to hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I made, good. But then he says this, but if you do not, notice this, he says, but if you do not worship Notice he didn't say, but if you do not bow down and worship. What he wants is the allegiance of their hearts. He doesn't want them just bowing as a gesture. He wants the allegiance of their hearts. He said, but if you do not worship, and that's exactly what he tried to get Jesus to do in the wilderness when he put him up on the, temp the pinnacle of the temple, and he said to him, when you look out over all these kingdoms, he said, I'll give you all of this. All of this will be yours if you will just what? Bow down and worship me. Don't just bow down. He said, I want your allegiance. Worship me. And so he goes on. He says, but if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately, and you know the story, into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And I like this. And who is the God, little g, not big g, because there is no little g God that can deliver you from anything. And he said, who is the little g God who will deliver you 
from my hands. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. We, 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 there's nothing we're going to say about this. We've already made up our mind. We've made our decision. And then in verse 17, they said, well, we know what the threat is. And if that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And then notice what they said, and he will deliver us. But now I want you to notice, their God is not a little G God. Their God is a big G God. Amen. The only God, none can compare to him, none's beside him. He has all power in heaven and in earth. He's an omnipotent, all-powerful, omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent, everywhere present God. And nothing is too hard for him. Oh, hallelujah. And he said, he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Now, they, now here's what they're thinking. We don't know how he's going to deliver us. He don't, we don't know if he's going to deliver us from your hand through death. Or if he's going to work some kind of a supernatural miracle. But we know one way or another, he's going to deliver us from your hand, Nebuchadnezzar. And then notice what he says in verse 18. He said, but if not, maybe a little bit of uncertainty there. But if not, in other words, they're still saying, we don't know how all this is going to happen. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods nor will we worship the gold image that you've set up. Man, that infuriated the king. And he looked at the guards and he said, turn that furnace up seven times hotter because that's exactly the way the enemy works when you decide that you're not going to give in to his demands and his temptation. He's not going to just back off. He's going to turn the furnace up seven times hotter. He's going to try to make it that much more difficult. And he turns the furnace up seven times hotter. He says, bring those boys in here. And they bound their hands and their feet with ropes and threw them into that fiery furnace. But something happened. Because when you get to verse 24, Nebuchadnezzar gets up the next day and was astonished. He rose in haste and he spoke saying to his counselors, did we not cast three men Bound, everybody say bound. Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered and said to the king, True, O king. But notice what he says next. Look. Look. I see four men loose. Somebody say loose. Not bound, but loose. He said, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. He may not keep you from going through a fiery trial, but what he will do is he'll make sure you don't go through that fiery trial by yourself for taking a stand for him. He will walk with you every step of that way. Oh, hallelujah. Then in verse 26, it says that Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning, fiery furnace and spoke, saying, I love this right here. Look, let's go to that next passage of Scripture. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, he said, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire. Come on, keep this thing rolling. And the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together and they saw these men oh I love this right here this is so awesome they saw these men whose bodies the fire had no power 
I'm telling you, the fire has no power against children of God. The fire has no power against those who are sold out to God, who take a stand for God, who take a stand for righteousness. Said that the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed. Hey, this is a furnace that was hotter than it's ever been. This is a furnace that turned up seven times hotter, but the hair of their head was not singed. Their garments were not affected, and the smell of fire, oh, praise God, was not even on them. You can't even get around somebody smoking a cigarette without smelling like a cigarette and they're in a fiery furnace and they come out and you cannot even smell smoke in their clothes somebody say when God delivers God does it right amen let's go to that next passage then Nebuchadnezzar spoke and said blessed be the big G God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants, who did what? Trusted him, stood firm. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the big G God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made an ash heap. Go on. Because, now this is Nebuchadnezzar talking now. He said, because there is no other big G God who can deliver like this. How many of you know there is no other God? Little G God can't deliver you, but big G God can deliver you. Let's look at that last passage there because that, this says it all. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Where? In the province of Babylon. I'm telling you, right in the middle of Babylon, you can be a conformer, you can be a transformer and not a conformer. And some of you, when you are light in darkness, when you stand out and when you stand firm, God wants you to know I'm going to promote you right there in Babylon, right there in the middle of the world's culture, right there in the middle of the world's customs, right there in the middle of the world's system. God said, I have put you there for such a time as this and I'm going to raise you up and I'm going to use you right there in Babylon for my glory oh somebody shout hallelujah hey he put Abraham in e- or he put Moses in Egypt right he put Nehemiah in the king's palace of the Medes and Persians He put Esther in the king's palace. He put Joseph right smack dab in the middle of Egypt and promoted him until he became the second in command over all of Egypt. So I'm telling you, he can do it for the people of God. The Bible says we can be in the world but not be of the world. He's called us to be light in darkness. And God wants us to infiltrate the system of this world with the light and with the power of the Holy Ghost. And not be conformed to it but transform it by the glory and power of God. Somebody give him praise in the house. Come on, let's stand out. Let's stand firm for the glory of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Take a stand. Take a stand. He's worth it. Take a stand. He's worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. With 
Thank you so much for watching today. I hope you were blessed by the message. And I want to encourage you to tune in next week as we complete this message entitled, Taking a Stand. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego teach us to stand out, to stand firm, and to stand true for the glory of God. God called the nation of Israel to be a light to the Gentiles. And he's called us, the church, to be a light in our communities and in our world. He's called us not to be conformers. We're not to be conformed to the culture and the world around us, but he's called us to be transformers. And that's what Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were. They were transformers. Even in Babylon, even in an ungodly culture, God used them to transform that culture around them. And he can do the same thing through us. I do want to encourage you to put a date on your calendar. We want to invite you to be with us for our first annual Ignite Conference coming up February 2 through 4, 2018 with Evangelist Perry Stone. I know you'll be blessed and we want you to get this date on your calendar early so that you can make plans to join us. And also, you are always welcome here at Summit and Church of God. We have an encounter with the Lord every Sunday morning at 1045. Great worship and preaching of the word. And we would love for you to be a part of that. So the Lord bless you and we look forward to seeing you soon right here at Summit and Church of God where God is doing a new thing.